Hi, I'm Ruby. And I'm Cody. And, and this, this is, is the, the swirl. swirl. Hi, Cody. <laughs> Good day, Ruby. How are you, my darling? Good morn. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So professional over here. What do you say to people when they say, hey, how are you? Like, these days. Like, do you say something? <laughs> are you like... I say, the world is burning. <laughs> I just say, hanging in there. Hanging in there. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. I can't say hanging in there. That's a, that's a trigger. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Womp, womp, womp. Womp, a sad panda. <laughs> God. I think I've mentioned this to you before, but I have to to make sure that when I engage people that I'm actually engaging them because I had a really bad habit of saying, hey, how are you? As I was walking by someone. And so they go like, I'm well, thanks. I'm like, oh, good. And but you're like missing an opportunity to actually engage somebody and have some some kind of actual dialogue. Yeah. And but- it's, it feels very. And in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that was a really a dick move to be like, how are you today? And they're like, well, I'm blah, blah, and I'm like already down the hall. Yeah, I don't know, though. I don't know. Like, there's some people these days I don't really want to know how they're doing. I think that's a part of it. I think it was like I was I was asking, but I really was just like, I don't want to know. I yeah, don't, know. don't because tell me. Keep around, that to yourself. Around November, people were just like breaking the tears around me. So I was just like, Ooh, I have my own water to carry. I yeah. don't know if I can help you right now. Amen. I, yeah, amen. <laughs> well, so, hi, Cody. We're here. We made it. We've survived. And it, guess what? It's episode 52. Oh, happy birthday, little swirl guy. Happy you're growing birthday. up so fast. Oh, you're so cute. I just want you to acknowledge something right now for me, Ruby. Oh, no. <laughs> I just want you to acknowledge that in this moment, nothing in your life has been as fulfilling. Like, I just want you to submit to it. I know that you graduated college and that you got married and you gave birth to your first child, but I just want you to admit that nothing in your life (laughs) is as special than this 45 minutes you share with this bizarre black man every (laughs) single week. You know, in this moment, I can acknowledge that I am on the tip of the mountaintop. We have made it a whole year. But like all people know, once you hit the tip of the mountaintop, there's not, you don't spend a lot of time at that very tip of the mountaintop. In a moment here, we're going to move on and we're going to start recording the rest of it. So let's just take this moment to say 52 episodes with all of our wonderful listeners, with lots of listener clapback. I think the most clapback was definitely when I said that Sean Spicer was my problematic bae. That was so problematic. Yeah, it had to be. And all of the Q and Hayes and um, just all of the support we've gotten from our family and friends has been so amazing. So in this moment, I totally can say that this trumps, oh, bad word choice, so many of my other <laughs> accomplishments. And so I I bow with – deeply bow with gratitude to you, Mr. Cody, and appreciate you so much for all of the hard work that you've done to make this moment possible. I appreciate you kissing the ring this morning. You know, they yeah. say you don't get the flowers while you're here. I'm teasing. Of <laughs> you got the flowers last week. Now- I did. Almost too much. There were too many bouquets thrown my way last week. I concur. I'm very grateful that people take the time out of their busy schedules to listen to our random foolishness every week. And I look forward to being even more random and irreverent in the year to come. See, you know what happens when a baby gets older? It gets teeth. So our podcast is about to get teeth, you guys. And I think we're coming for it now. Uh, and we're going to get, we're going to start gnashing and biting 
back. I don't know where that was going, but <laughs> it, we have two. Uh, you're really sharing <laughs> details of your personal life with Ron right now. <laughs> I, I didn't know that Ron liked teeth so much. I don't know. Um, no, it's feet. Feet. Ron likes feet. <laughs> are you si- Wow. What? <laughs> How did we go 52 episodes without touching on that? We'll get to that. We can, That could be a whole nother episode. But yes, yes, there is a reason that I get regular pedicures, friends. <laughs> and it's not oh, just because I like the massage. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Your face. I'm flabbergasted. Ah, I wish that we were recording. We're, soon my goal is to start recording our faces when we record the podcast because we're really missing out on some great facial expressions. But your face right now, you literally have your hand over your mouth. I think of the times, like, I know a bunch of runners and they have, like, lost their, like, toenails oh, yeah, no, no, and, like, no. they've calluses and they're black and blue and they're just like, I don't want anybody around my feet touching my feet, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there are a whole other contingent of people who are really in service to feet. Like, they they enjoy them. They might want them in their mouth. They might want to touch them. They yeah. may really like seeing them in a nice pair of shoes. Yes. What's, so is that where is that where he leans? Well, there's so there's, like, a... There's like a, uh, so he has ugly feet. Like, let's just start there. My husband has nasty feet. Like, I am, and I also don't like feet. Like, even when they're pretty and pedicured, and I am not really, like, I don't like the process of getting a pedicure. It makes me feel icky. I don't even like people in the bed, like, touching me with their feet. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a feet person. (laughs) My husband, on the other hand, is like, if let's say a one is like, ew, gross, stay away from me, and a ten is like, let me suck on your toes, he's (laughs) probably like a seven. Ron's a little freak. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast. Thank That's God. Fine. Can I tell? Can I tell you something really just? Go terrible? ahead. No, please. Okay. Please. Since the podcast apparently has teeth now <laughs> and feet. <laughs> when I was in high school, I had a friend who was a dancer, and she dated a wrestler. Okay. And one day they were hanging out and hooking up. And he wanted to maintain his virginity, which is very, like, novel when you are in high school, like, a boy that wants to, like, remain pure. I don't know. I think that stuff's crazy, but go ahead. <laughs> so while they're, while they're rolling around, he asked if he could... Finish on her feet? No, use her feet as a vagina. So he... he okay. Put, he pushed her yeah, yeah, feet together, yeah, I got like you. so, and the arches. inserted... In, yeah. Inserted in the arches. I got it. Talk about golden arches. Um, yeah, and when she told that story, I just you could just imagine like my seventeen year old head was exploding. Right. So like right now, I'm like that's definitely not the weirdest thing I've I've heard. Like I haven't done that. Full stop. But um, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, okay. I'm not here to judge other people's kinks. But I, I guess <laughs> I also I'm also as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about how like. I don't need, I don't know what times it was. Like Jesus would wash people's feet. Right. The, doesn't the, the Pope no, no, wash the, his Yeah, Jesus feet. washed the feet of the gosh, I know things. Um he yeah. washed Jesus washed the feet of his apostles and disciples um the night of the Last Supper, which is why on Holy Thursday the Pope generally washed. It's a way of showing subservience to the people that you serve. So like the Pope washes feet the feet of people in order to because like feet are dirty right like so yeah. it's like this idea of like you're not above anybody you have to be a servant to the right. people who um so there's a there's a level of honoring yeah 
I mean, listen, he just likes a nice pedicure on my toes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. Ron likes feet. <laughs> He's a tall guy. I feel like it's like a giraffe. Like, he goes to look down at your feet and he might, like, faint and Maybe. fall over. Um, yeah, but, okay, I don't want to get into this. <laughs> that was a rabbit hole. Yeah, no feet. Ron likes feet. Wow. I okay. like, that's why my toes are usually pedicured nicely. I get a lot of compliments on my calves as I walk down the street, and I and I always get I always get freaked out by it because even when I was at my <laughs> I'm so weird even even at my heaviest people would always be like you have really nice calves and I was just <laughs> like wow I got something going for me at least um, people seriously even at my heaviest compliment my eyebrows. They're always like, damn, girl, you got nice eyebrows. Like, when I was in high school, I remember being told I had nice eyebrows before I even, like, had an eyebrow lady. And um, it's the same thing, though. Like, if it's something that, like, even when you're super heavy, people will be like, damn. And you're like, hmm, that is my best feature. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I always think about there's a a Notorious B.I.G. lyric that I always used to quote when I was growing up where he would say, black and ugly as ever, however. And I always (laughs) had to tell myself, like, That next line was the most important because he says, like, yeah, I might be black, I might be ugly. However, I stay coogee down to the socks. Like, he talked about, like, I have really good fashion and people want to be around me. And you have to, like, in life, you have to have a however. So at the time when I was growing up, people compliment me often on eyebrows and my eyelashes. And I was just like, well, what's... What's the rest of my face doing? <laughs> you have to have a however. You have to have Damn, a Damn, Cody, I want to get that tattooed on my body. <laughs> Seriously, that's some that's a real thing it's though. Well, Nobody like- nobody's ever gonna say the notorious B.I.G. was a fashion model. I thought he was handsome because I just really thought he had swag. But he was handsome, right? Like I don't you don't even need the butt. Like he was handsome. Like, you know I mean he had like the lazy eye. There's a lot <laughs> going on. But he had such a swagger and such a confidence that you forgot about that. Right. Right? And we talked about this on the show, but what ends up happening is a lot of times you will have to be a person who uses your personality and uses your other skill sets in order to make up for those deficiencies. Right. No, listen, I've had people look at me in complete and total wonder and go, but you're just like so confident. And I'm like, bitch because i have reason to be but i know what they're saying i know what they're trying to say and i'm like whatever i don't even care though because that says more about them than it does about me because like if i'm gonna i'm gonna decide i'm fly as hell and then i'm gonna act and make decisions from that place of i deserve this and i decided why not why not me so i mean you have to have a however and i'm embracing my however right now i love that i like it this week I was reading an article from Collective Evolution and the author Mark DiNicolo. And the article is entitled, Eight Brutally Honest Truths You Need to Hear If You Want to Get Your Shit Together. So, the crux of this article is about how life is carrying many harsh truths. And no matter how you may wish to run away from them, you have to accept them and you have to take full responsibility for them. So this is kind of a rant, but it's really about helping to motivate you to take action and to be armed with knowledge. And I shared it with Ruby, and she's had a chance to read it. So we're going to take turns here reading the eight and uh, responding to them. Are you ready to go? (laughs) I'm loving the ones I get to read. I think, like, I think the universe is trying to remind me of my bad habits by giving me some of these to read. Number one, 
you're going to regret how much time you spend on social media. He says, quote, social media is robbing way too many of us of real connection and real life experiences. Rather than looking at the world as we walk somewhere or ride public transit, we regress to what the digital world has to offer. If our addiction level stays the same, things could get become really scary. And this doesn't even take into account the potential repercussions of so much exposure to technology. Um, hi, I'm a social media consultant. <laughs> And even I, this week especially, have been like, ugh, I need to unplug myself because the hyperbole and the hysterics on social media are really making me crazy. It's like an anxiety spiral. Um, and listen, we're dealing with some real conversations here. We are dealing with real scary issues out in the world. But talking about them online is only going to take us so far. And I think it's only going to make it more difficult when we need to band together. So I think this is my reminder and your reminder that we need to make connections with real people because then it helps us see other people as whole human beings and not just like the three categories that we stick them in. So I'm all about that. I need to do it. I need to step back and make some space for real life connection in my life too. That's a nice observation. Uh, Number two is your reactions are the problem. And I completely relate to this. In the article, they say that you decide how much and for how long getting cut off on the highway is going to piss you off. And you decide how much someone's poor opinion of you is going to make you shell up in insecurity let your natural reactions happen, but then consciously choose how long you want to let them impact everything else. I am very much guilty in my life of letting a moment in my life define me or letting bad feelings be in charge of how I like maneuver and see the world. And it's it's so important to remember that you can sort of change that perspective if you want to. And that's powerful, right? Like deciding that you have the power to make to, about how you're feeling and how you react. That's a really big moment. Yeah. So if it, if it means like not engaging or removing yourself from a situation, one of my favorite quotes is you can remove yourself from any story that you don't feel you belong in. I love that. So there you go. I love that. What's number three, Ruby? Number three, the riskiest thing you can do is avoid risks. This is what the article says. Stop playing small if you know you want to play big and stop telling yourself, quote, this is good enough if you know deep down that you would love to do, create, and have so much more. The cost of taking that risk is your long-term happiness. For real, the thing I've written on my mirror is why not? Why not? You, we start telling ourselves stories and people around us start saying things This is a terrible example, but I know we've talked about my Guy Fieri bathing suit, and I want to wear it to a party tonight, and I'm going to wear it to a party tonight because your face is amazing right now, but my husband was like, you cannot wear that outside of the house, and I said to him- Because he loves you. Okay, right? No, listen, I understand why. It's a great- It does. (laughs) It is not doing my body any favors, but why not- Why not? What is the worst thing that could happen if I decided to wear this bathing suit? And I finally said to him, I'm like, listen, anybody who's at this party who comes and talks to us while I'm wearing a Guy Fieri bathing suit are people we want to talk to. Anybody who doesn't, we, we've now weeded out the people who we don't want to talk to. I feel like right there. So if, and I know Guy Fieri bathing suit is like a total, 
totally like non-important choice. But why not? Why not? Why not me? Why not you? Why not like why can't you go do the big things you want to do? And the other thing I want to say is, listen, a lot of people will play safe because they know failure. They know what happens when you fail. They know what hurt feels like. They know what rejection feels like. You're not afraid of those things because you've already felt them. If you're an adult human, you've been rejected or had you failed. The scarier thing to me in a lot of in a lot of cases is what does success feel like? So mm-hmm. what if I got my dream job? What if I totally walked out of the house in banging black jeans? What if I wore boots with studs and drew attention to myself in a way that I'm uncomfortable with? That's what the if scary you, thing. What if you wore a swimsuit with a man with a soul patch on his face? <laughs> Right. Like, but that Guy Fieri swimsuit is like a rape whistle. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means either. But yeah, I mean, but why not? Like, but, but what are we so afraid of? Like, you know, why not dye your hair? Why not get the tattoo you've thought about for three years? I mean, and those are stupid things. Go do the thing that makes you so happy. It's 2017. We have an asshole in the White House. If that man can be president, you can go and wear your Guy Fieri bathing suit or start your YouTube channel or do stand up or improv or like create that thing you've always wanted to do it. Do it. There's no time left. This is the, this is the answer. Do it. And this this is a saying, take the risk you otherwise you're going to be stuck in that that circle of of um wondering what if and you deserve better than what if are you saying there's no time left because we're on the brink of a nuclear holocaust basically i mean oh, okay. it's either going to be north korea or the white supremacist is going to be one or the other That's uh, true. i just hope i'm near some place where it happens fast and i'm not suffering too long because i am not built for the apocalypse what is number four <laughs> speaking of it it's uh you should always have enough money for what matters uh, and I am a big fan of having a few money, which means that a lot of times I will sacrifice so that I, one, in the event of a nuclear holocaust, have a little bit of money in the savings. And two, if I decide after working for eight months that, you know what, I do deserve that vacation. I'm going to be able to take it without really stressing or fretting it, about it too much. But how it's mentioned in this article is, and it's very true, that oftentimes we will spend money on a $7 coffee every day, but then fret over doing something life-changing like taking a trip or taking a course or investing in something. So I am all for changing that mindset and actually thinking about what and where you're putting your money appropriately. Totally. Love that. What's number five, Ruby? Uh, people are going to hate you no matter what you do. True story. Yeah. True story. I mean, I'm not even going to read his explanation because the, it, that's it. You know, there, you're always going to be pissing somebody off and there's always going to be somebody who's resentful or jealous and there's always going to be somebody who thinks that you think you're too big for your britches. You have to decide whose opinion matters and in my opinion, it's your opinion and you need to figure out who the real people are in your life and use those people um, to help guide your decisions. Like, Cody is one of my people. I trust and believe him and, um, and know that he has my best interest at heart. There are other people who will tell me that that's the case, but I know better And so I listen to myself. I listen to the people in my life who I know I can trust with my heart. If you have why not you listed on your board, then I have do you boo listed on mine. Oh, that's our swirl shirt. That's our shirt. That's the swirl shirt. (laughs) 
Because at the end of the day, you have to have the common sense to know right from wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. And also what the impact of your how your behaviors impact other people. But also you have to know that, like, at the end of the day, like, you're going to be judged solely by yourself. Yes. So uh, I, I don't – I haven't always felt that way as a minority because – I, we don't get to move in that sort of way. True. But if, if I were living my life like the best white person, <laughs> I, I would just be like, I'm just me. Right. <laughs> so that's how I try to approach things. Have the confidence of a mediocre white man. I mean. Oh, you got to do well, it. And gotta then, do like, it. just to finish that up, like, you are the only person who knows your whole self. Like, even True. your husband, your wife, your partner, your mother, your father, all of those people see you through a certain lens, and they don't know you the way that you know you. And so – with the armed with that information, the only person who can judge you is you. Very true. Very true. So number six is blaming only makes you weaker. And uh, the the writer mentions taking responsibility may come with some immediate repercussions, but over time it builds a life founded on honesty and strengthens your ability to tackle challenges when they do arise. I think the sooner you take responsibility for something. Uh, it's the, the sooner you are successful. Yep. It really is such an indicator of, of who you are as a person and your ability to be an adult mm-hmm. by I, how I, quickly you just take responsibility. Something I say to myself on a regular basis these days, and I probably should get this tattooed on my body, is nobody's going to do that for you. Nobody should do that for you. You have to figure it out. So like a dumb re- dumb thing for me is I convinced myself for years that I didn't know how to do my own makeup. So I would pay people to do my makeup for events. But mm-hmm. there's like YouTube channels and I have, you know, like I can figure this out. I'm not a dummy. So <laughs> I've been telling myself over and over like no one's going to do that for you. You have to figure it out. And it's the same thing with going for a run. Nobody's going to run for you. Nobody's going right. to put the time and energy because they're all w- busy worrying about their own thing. So you have to decide to do it for you. Damn it. I know. I don't think I'm flexible enough to set to my own mic. <gasps> well, okay, that, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a yoga teacher. I could teach you. <laughs> okay. I need to work on my flexibility. Oh, my lord. And maybe get rid of a rib. Uh, Yeah, I was just about to say, didn't Marilyn Manson? Okay, anyway, number seven. People don't think of you as much as you think they do. And that's such a great jump off from what I just said. No one's going to do it for you. And like, I say this in yoga class a lot because what happens when people first start yoga is they look around the room to see what everyone else is doing so that they Mm -hmm. can get into the posture the correct way. But honestly, the more experienced you are at yoga, the less you're paying attention to anybody else. I go to yoga classes now. I'm a yoga teacher and I can almost close my eyes because I do not – I don't even want to know what other people are doing. I want to know what I what I am doing, how it feels in my body, and how it feels in my body today. Not the body I had yesterday, not the body I hope to have tomorrow, but the body I showed up in today. And I think that is such great life lesson is show up for yourself every day in the way that you showed up today. And be graceful with yourself, be gentle with yourself, and don't worry about what everybody else is doing because none of those people are thinking about you. Trust me. Super important. Other people's opinions of you are not your business. Full stop. Oh, uh, the Codyisms are really starting to seep into your life now. I love it. I'm, I'm, I am one with the Codyisms. I am, I am a Codyist. I'm a. I'm going to write a book about this. Uh, yeah, you should. Do uh, it. <laughs> uh, and finally, Ruby, what's number eight? Oh, that's oh, you. I? Yeah, that's you, boo. 
The oh, universe is trying to tell you something in number okay. eight. Okay. So, uh, look at you, Shady. <laughs> <laughs> so, number eight uh, is not even the perfect relationship is going to complete you. And Lord, don't I know it. The author says, relationships are an extension of our happiness and not the basis of it. So focus on strengthening the one with yourself and all the others will follow accordingly. Now, I am a big fan of, well, how should I say this? Self-love. I'm I'm really, well, I'm definitely a fan of self-love. But I am, I'm really bad at math. But okay. I came up I came up with this little equation a couple years ago and okay. I'd like to share it with you right now. Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> yes. They're gonna Lay teach it. Lay it on me. Lay they're gonna it teach on it one me. day. <laughs> if you're not adding to my life, you will be subtracted. <gasps> yes. Yes. So I I'd like to think that at this stage of my life, the relationships that I I have and the relationships I foster are actually the relationships that sustain me and that are keeping me going. So yeah, I, I for a long time, years ago, I wasn't even dating because the friendships I had were so wonderful that I, I felt like I had everything I needed. And yeah. then everybody started getting married and having kids. Yeah. So <laughs> here I am. But it, <laughs> that being said, it's incumbent on you to make sure that you're doing things to figure out who the best version of yourself is going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a lot of wisdom we just dropped on everybody. So Boom. in the meantime, we'll be back with our Here For It. Stay tuned. Well, welcome back to The Swirl, everybody. Now it's time for our Here, Here For, for it. it. This week, if you've noticed in the last couple of years, there have been some really, really interesting color trends. So after the album Lemonade, Yellow has really been synonymous with Beyonce. And even a few years ago, Jay-Z created his own special blue. Yeah. Which is a big reason why their child is called Blue Ivy. Oh. So recently... Pantone, who comes out with this like color of the year that really like inspires the design trends for the following year, came up with a new color for Prince. I love this so much. I knew where this was going and I got really excited. <laughs> so the Pantone Institute announced Love Symbol Number 2. It's a shade of purple that honors Prince. And it was actually a collaboration with the Prince Estate. And now it's the official color of his brand. So think of how cool you have to be to have your own color. I just love it so much. Well, you have to be Prince cool. That's how Apparently cool you have, you have to, to be. Apparently you have to be Prince cool. Like, I think, I course, think that we know now. We know you have to be cool like Prince. <laughs> yeah. So this, this color that Prince used has actually, I mean, you've seen it in everything he's ever done from Purple Rain all the way through. Uh, I remember his, the Super Bowl performance. Uh, but... I never understood his connection to the color purple until this Pantone uh, press release. Uh-huh. So in interviews, Prince used to tell people that the color purple um, that he uses comes from when blood mixes with the blue sky at the end of the world. What? So, and he says when that happens, the, it would when blood would mix with the blue sky, it would rain purple. And it would be our cue to be with the ones we love and to let let God guide us through. Like, Prince was on some stuff yeah. that I don't even know what that means, and I want to drop my drawers right God, now. God, I love Prince. Yeah. Oh. Shout out to Prince. You Rest got your own color. Rest in power. Rest in power, Prince. What's your here for? This oh, time? my God, Cody. Oh, my God. I saw Atomic Blonde. 
And I am okay. on that Atomic Blonde-ish. Okay, so Atomic Blonde is a movie starring Charlize Theron, yes. who is amazing. But even better, um, Charlize did 98% of her own action, including fighting, running, and those kinds of things. When it comes to where she has to fall downstairs or swing from a height, that she can't do insurance-wise, said the film stunt coordinator, Sam Hargrave. Okay? So Charlize... Okay. And, and okay, you, like, that doesn't sound really cool until you see this movie and you watch Charlize beat the snot out of guys. And, like, there's a whole scene, Cody, there's a whole scene that is set to George Michael's father figure. She turns it up on the stereo and then beats the snot out of the police with a garden hose. And I think I just messed my pants. Amazing. That's one. Okay, so like like that's number one. Watching Charlize beat the snot out of guys. The movie took five years of development, and it was written with the intention of giving Charlize Theron a feminine-driven type of born identity movie that would have sequels. The clothing in this movie was so ridiculous. I want to buy everything from her coats to her panties. I even went so far as to Google the wardrobe, and it turns out that I am really poor. The costumes <laughs> were all designer. They were all designer. And since Charlize Theron is the face of Dior, a lot of the costume came from them and other fashion houses. In fact, a lot of her coats and boots are vintage. The one pair of boots I wanted to buy were $500. I have never spent that much money on clothes. But so I was totally into it. I totally think this movie was amazing. Sure, it was problematic as hell because there was not one person of color. I mean, I think there was one, maybe. Well, she's she's African, right? So that sort of... <laughs> not, not, I'm not saying anything about that. <laughs> I am here for Atomic Blonde. You absolutely must see it. It's great in the theater. I want to see it like seven more times. And it made me walk a little taller and think about maybe learning how to shoot a gun. Woo! <laughs> so the $500 pair of shoes, you don't think Ron would get those for you? I mean... I found a different pair for that were half off at $60, and I bought those instead. They're over-the-knee black leather boots, and I'm feeling really good about those choices. Oh. And now I really want a leather jacket, even though Charlize doesn't wear a leather jacket, but that's where I'm going to drop my money. Get a pair of boots like that, you have to have a leather jacket. This is what I'm saying. So yeah. from your lips to Ron's ears, Merry Christmas to me, leather jacket. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll be back in just a second with this week's Q&A. Q and oh. And we're back. We're back. Ruby, I don't know if you're ready for this week's Q&A. It's, it's kind of outrageous. I'm never ready, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> All right. Happy anniversary, Swirl. Here we go. Okay. This week's letter comes from shocked potential sister wife. Okay. All right. <laughs> kind of says it, but doesn't say it. All right. So here we go. Lay it on me. I've been dating a man for several months. We rarely spent the night at his place. But on the few occasions we have, I've learned that he has a female roommate who has her own room. Now, she has been perfectly kind to me, even offering me coffee and breakfast in the morning before I depart. Recently, I noticed mail at the doorway and saw that she shares the same last name as my boyfriend. When I saw him next, I asked him why he didn't tell me he was living with his sister. <laughs> he then fessed up that he was in the process of getting a divorce. Okay. <laughs> we live in New York City, and their apartment is a big bone of contention in the proceedings. I had no idea he was married, let alone separated. 
Now I feel blindsided and a bit embarrassed. Should I think this is more weird than it is? Should I not go back to the condo when she's there? What should I do? Signed, shocked (laughs) potential sister wife. What the fuck is she doing making breakfast and coffee for his, her, her separated husband's, like, girlfriend what the fuck no way and that's that, the weirdest in that situation part. in your marital home isn't she technically the mistress but, but like like listen new york city apartments are a whole separate thing right like, like i would you, say you have to like in new york you have to have a broker to help you find an apartment right like so so listen I, like the whole thing of them living together still is not the weird thing for me because listen new york city right and apartments however there is n- one. He should have told you straight up right away before you started sleeping together that his situation was what his situation was. And then you could be like, okay, I understand. We live in New York City. That makes some sense. Second of all, uh, what, what is she doing making you breakfast? That's really fucked up. <laughs> I mean, can you um, – because my first question, and I wish it was in the letter, was, so we have really loud sex. <laughs> And in the morning, I come out and she offers me coffee. That has to be weird. Like, I feel like she's, like, making it weird. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, she's making choices that are making it weird. Like, Do you think it's passive-aggressive? Like, here's your coffee. Yes. Hope you had fun banging my husband. Yes. Yes. Oh, Oh, that's not nice. Why not? Listen, I'm just saying. Like, and, and even if it isn't, that's still weird as shit. Like, no way, dude. No way. That's not happening. So, yeah, no, uh, uh, um, the, to me, the red flags are, one, he should have told you he was getting divorced way sooner. Two, he should have told you he was living with his ex-wife way sooner. And three, she's, that's real, no, like, that's creepy as hell. Get as far away from that weirdness as possible. Well, you're touching on what, I think the big issue of this is, which is when you take away someone's choice, right? So maybe she wouldn't have dated this guy had she known that this was his awkward living situation. So by not divulging it sooner, she's not able to determine whether or not this is something she wants to be a part of. Yes. And now she's invested and now she's in the weirdness and now she feels like she can't leave the weirdness because she's invested her time. Right. No, totally. And to me, time is more valuable than money. So that's like, to me, that's infuriating. And I think like, you definitely need to get the hell away from that. Do you think you could have hung out in this situation if if it was presented this way? You, you meet this guy, he tells you he's separated, he tells you he's in the process of getting a divorce... I don't know if he tells you he lives he lives with the woman yet. No, I'm he, so wor- he I'm told so- me. And no. then and then he's like, "Can we just hang out at your place?" I yeah. still be like, I want to see the separation papers, but I still would feel like this is a little too messy. Um, I don't know if like yeah. Listen, I haven't been single in a long time, and I used to do stupid shit. So, like, I i mean, I don't know that I need to see separation papers. But if I knew okay. the whole situation and they were separated for sure, like, then I could make the choice whether or not I wanted to go to his apartment. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, that's fair. And I think it would also depend on the person, because I can think of a couple people who I'm attracted to that I'd be like, okay, like, I'd be willing to make this work. But, but then I get to make the decision of how deep into it I get to go. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, then it's my choice. And you're right. Taking away the taking away of the choice is my issue. So yeah, no, you need to either like yeah, no, get away from that. Get away from that. I wonder if the wife was trying to get something started. Because I, I mean, what do you mean, like you, a threesome or like get something started? Like oh, fuck you. Have you get ever been? Started. Have you ever been like on the other other side of a wall when a couple's doing it and you're like, man, I kind of wish 
I was doing it with somebody right now. Like yeah. that can't be that can't be comfortable. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Unle- no. Unless she's totally over the D. Unless she is totally over it. Right, but like, I why why would she like I, if I were his wife, I would have like gotten quite like his ex wife or whatever. I would have quietly gotten dressed and gotten the fuck out of that apartment the next morning. Why would you stay around and try to make small talk with somebody like that? I don't so understand that at all. Yeah. So my advice to the shocked potential sister wife is. It's time for your boyfriend to only play away games. He's <laughs> not going to be playing games at home any longer. I love it. Can't do it. Of course Can't you have it. to say it more cleverly than I would ever say it. I'm so oh, jealous. Well, <laughs> I've been known to play a lot of away games in my Oh, life. Lord, have mercy. It means you don't have to change the sheets as often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. All right, Ruby, it's time for the good word. Can you please take my heathen ass to church? I will, and it's with the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, so we know there's some church involved. Um, So the quote today is, quote, The question is not whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists we will be. The nation and the world are in dire need of creative extremists. So I'm about being a creative in this world. You're about being a creative in this world. And I think that what I'm going to lean into is my creative side and my extreme side. And like I said, it's 2017. Why not? Do the thing you want to do. Make the art you want to make. Make the world what you want it to be. Use your voice. Don't sleep on yourself. Don't sleep on what's going on in the world. Be out there and be a creative extremist. I love it. And I love all of you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us on episode 52 of The Swirl. Thank you to our friends Tim Fennell and Justin Bronson for the support. And we will be back next week with the first episode of our second season. Ah, God, who let us have a microphone? <laughs> I ask myself that every week in our planning sessions. I love you so much, Cody. Thank you so much for a wonderful year. And you guys know what it is. The party doesn't end. It just relocates. Woo! Episode 52. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>